Welcome to Stories That Stick, a podcast series about the stories that shape us. Dear Georgette, you're going to come across a few chapters that literally don't make any sense. Hey guys, it's Ade here, your host for Stories That Stick. In today's episode, we have Georgette from Just A Tip podcast, which is arguably one of UK's most popular sex podcasts. Well, it definitely is within our community. And she shares stories that made an impact on her life and therefore shaped her into the amazing woman she is today. Now, if you guys are coming because you know of Georgette, then you'll definitely hear a different side to her. And for those of you who don't know Georgette, hopefully this will make you want to know her a lot more. Please be aware that we always start every conversation talking about death. So if this subject is triggering, then please do fast forward to roughly around the one minute mark straight after this intro. And before we begin, please let us know what you think about this episode by leaving a rating or reviewing it because it really does help. Thanking you guys in advance and we'll see you on the other side. Bye. So we always start our conversations talking about death as a subject. How do you, how do you feel about that? I can talk about it. I don't know how much I'd give you. Sure. It's just not a comfortable subject for me, but that doesn't mean that I won't explore that. Like I'm not going to shy away from something that's inevitable. Like I just know what that conversation means to me. What does it mean to you? How can I put it? I'm so aware of life that can make me very paranoid about death because I'm just like, you genuinely don't know how much time you have. But no one knows how much time they no, have. No, I know, but it's, it's just... Because it paralyses you. I definitely don't stop myself from doing things, but there's so much that I want to experience and I don't know how much time I have to do that. Sure. Okay. We'll park time for now. But there is a lot you want to do. Are you on the path to doing it? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's go into your chapters yeah. then. Yeah? <laughs> let's start at the beginning. So zero to ten. Who was Georgette growing up? Zero to ten. She was a crybaby. Okay. She she was very sensitive. I I was born a very sensitive child. I was very shy. I was very clingy to both parents, but I think more to my dad. From the stories that I've been told, um, very clingy to my dad. A proper daddy's girl. Do you have siblings? I do. One brother, one sister, both younger. So I'm the oldest child. Both parents are Nigerian. Yeah. Yoruba, Iba, what's Yoruba. Shogba. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay. Okay. Ah, I mean, brilliant. So you guys were born here. My mum was born here as well and then went to Nigeria when she was very young and then came back when she was about eighteen. And that's where she met your dad in Nigeria. Or do you know how they met? Yeah. Oh my god. Hilarious story. My dad came here when he was about 17, 18, like they were both crazy, crazy young. And at the time, my mum was working in deep pan pizza, which doesn't exist anymore. So yeah, so like either way, my dad 
came in one time to get some food, obviously. Met my mum, they got chatting, whatever, whatever. So during the time of them talking, my dad found my mum's birthday. And my mum's birthday is the 18th of September. My dad's is the 13th. So on her birthday, he sent flowers and a card to her work. Didn't deliver them, got them sent. And in the card, it said, to my queen, happy birthday from your king. Yeah. (laughs) That was his opening. (laughs) And yeah, and so from then, like, they started dating. They moved in together in their, like, early 20s. And then they got married and then they had us. The reason why I actually asked that, do you find yourself that you've modelled or you saw them as what a relationship ought to be? I feel like the older I've got, the more opposite I am to my parents. Um, So an example is like, I don't know if I want to get married. I don't know how I feel about marriage. I don't know if I want to have kids, like just things that, I know that my parents are just like, in Jesus' name, you have kids, you'll get married, da 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 da. And I'm like, I want what they want, but I also want the opposite. Are there any like fun memories that you have? I had a very fun childhood. My parents tried, they, they did a lot with us. So, for instance, me and my mum and my dad actually, we used to go horse riding and like, there was a time where like my dad bought us all bikes so we we just all go together on bike rides or we'd go play tennis together like just lots of like fun family units yeah things. yeah yeah were there many black people around nah <laughs> um was there any conversations regarding that did you know about your blackness then the first time that i realized i was different was when i was in year four and year five I remember me and and this girl had like an argument about something. I can't even remember what it was, but it obviously wasn't something that deep. And she called me a black bitch. And I was just like, what? And she's like, yeah, no, no, you black bitch. And I was just like, that's a weird one. Like I'd never experienced racism before. Told the teacher and I was like, oh, she called me a black bitch and da, 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 da. And then we ended up having like a meeting. And she turned to me, she's like, yeah, but I'm not racist because my something, something, something has a black boyfriend. And I was like, that doesn't quite equate to you, but okay, cool, fine, whatever. And I gone home and I told my parents and they went mad. They were at the school the next day. And that's one thing that I always loved about my parents. If I ever told them anything to do about me being... What's the word? Discriminated against. Yeah. It felt a kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they didn't feel any way to be like, we're going back to the school. Guys, you know, I always ask my guests to send in a story or a book. And Georgette, you wrote Matilda. Why did Matilda have an impact on your life? With Matilda, it was her ability to do anything. And she came across as this very, like, shy child. Her heads were in her books. She didn't talk back. She didn't give her opinion and was just very much like, yeah, okay, cool, fine. And then she kind of got to her point and was just like... She snapped. Yeah. And was just like, I have things to say and I have opinions and I can do this and I'm interested in this. And she didn't 
allow her surroundings to confine her to be this tiny little girl that didn't speak or didn't go above what her parents allowed her to do. Did you ever snap? Yeah. I snapped twice. What was her first snap? I was 14 and school got the brunt of it. Well, let's get into your into your second chapter. Yeah. 11 to, well, I guess 20. Georgette, who were you? What was going on around paint pictures for us? So, 11, I'm in secondary school. Although it was quite mixed, it was still very much a white school. All the girls were thin and I wasn't. I was a lot taller than everyone. I just felt a bit masculine. And it's like at that age where everyone's kind of like telling each other who they fancy. And oh my God, I think such and such is so cute. And I wasn't ever like in the pickings. You went on the list. No, I wasn't. I, I was never on you, the list. You wrote your own list though, surely. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't need you people. Um, but it be nice. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been very, very nice just for my confidence. Because things like that affected my confidence massively. From what I'm gathering, when you were growing up, it seems like you were empowered to ensure that you were unapologetically your beautiful black self. But then whenever you went out of the home and into these worlds, i.e. school, you didn't feel that. Yeah. When I was a kid, I did a lot of stuff. So I did horse riding. I did netball. I did athletics. I did 100, 200 meter sprint relay shot put and then I danced semi-professionally for 11 years so my confidence came out when I was on the dance floor when I was in massive competitions in front of like thousands of, of people I never felt shy even if on the way there I'm like nervous and I'm thinking oh my god okay I know that these judges are coming today and I know that this girl's coming and last time I came second she came first and I want to beat her this time and I'm having all of these thoughts but it's like once my number got called out and I had to like present myself on the dance floor, this confidence just oozed out and I was able to command that dance floor. Like I knew from my first round if I had won or not. So as much as I wasn't confident in school or in the way that I physically looked when it came to things like that, I was, yeah, it's, it was my first love. Do you still dance? No, I don't. So during the teenage years, you did say you uh, you snapped. Yeah. Why? Because my dad started going away to Nigeria for long periods of time. And that's when things were becoming a struggle financially. It was a lot for my mum to keep all of us afloat. And there was always a shift within the house when he left and then there was a shift when he came back and it's like every time he came back he came back with all of these very male traditional values and would be like leave that in Lagos because that isn't how we've been brought up like we're not a traditional home. Can you give an example? So like a traditional Nigerian man is very proud and then kind of expect the women in the family, the mum, the daughters to act a certain way, to greet them like a certain way or even things like my dad like had this thing where he'd ask us to go and put water in a bowl 
as you bring his food so that he can wash his hands. Yeah, it was a struggle. And because I couldn't express that at home, I took that out on teachers. I got kicked out of lessons a lot and I just didn't care. Like, that's the best way that I, I can put it. I just generally didn't care. How did it shift? As in, like, how did it get better? Yeah. My mentor, Steve, probably one of the only teachers that I told about, like, oh, my dad's here and then he's not, and da 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 And he would allow me to have times where I just wanted to be angry. And he'd be like, right, just come sit. You don't even have to chat to me. You can, you can, you want to cry, you can cry. You want to just take that time. And he really helped me to be able to just center myself and then just kind of talked through my options look you can continue like this but this is what will happen or you can try and flip it around and this is what could also happen and so when he just put it out to me like you're literally at a crossroad and where you go depends on you I was just like okay I need to take more ownership of this because all of this is dependent on me so here we are, Steve, your mentor laid out your potential path in front of you and you've now taken full ownership of this. So what did you want to be? What were you thinking at the time? So at that time, I wanted to be an, an animator. Oh. Yeah. What happened? Um, I can't draw. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have something that you've also said. Correct me if I'm wrong. You mentioned Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. My mum bought me my first Harry Potter book. Now I think about it, it's very similar to Matilda, of just being able to do what people don't think you can. Um, Harry, locked away, very confined. And he's like, I do magic. And having society be like, that's wrong. You're not supposed to do that. You're meant to be a muggle, plain almost. And him being like, this is my true, authentic self. I've read the books. I've seen every film. I own the films. I saw the play when that came out. I've been to Harry Potter Studios. I'm considering a Harry Potter tattoo. Like, it's that deep. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm a proper fan. Have you met J.K. Rowley? I actually have. <laughs> Talk to me about that. How did that go down? Um, so that was when I went to the opening of um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child in theatre. It was like in passing. I didn't even know that she was going to be there. And she came out on stage. And then when we had the break before the second part started, she, she kind of came out and I was just like, I love you. And I was like, oh, you you're amazing. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, I think you're amazing. Like, just, just thank you. Had a proper fangirl moment and then I just went off my way and I was like, oh my gosh, you're an idiot. Oh, you didn't even wait for a reaction? No. You just wanted to say I that. said what I had to say and I was like, And you ran. Yeah. And you ran. Literally. Oh, bless you. <laughs> bless you. Georgette, there seems to be a pattern with you. There is. From the stories you've chosen where I guess the protagonist tends to be shy and timid and then all of a sudden they snap and then they become the truest version of themselves where society is still trying to make them not that, if that makes sense. That's me. Which kind of nicely brings us into your present. So shall we go to the next chapter? Yes. 
Is this a juicy chapter? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> okay. This is the really lit chapter. Okay, tell me why. So much happened. I I started to discover me. You in uni, right? Yeah. And I think that was one of the first times that I was just like, people find me attractive. And I think it's also because I was around a lot of other black people. Right. And I hadn't been in them kind of circles before. So I was just like, whoa me like <laughs> you're talking to me asking what my name is and so first year I had my first casual sex experience and I was just like I don't want anything from you like I don't want I don't want a relationship I don't want to go out I don't want to date I just want to have sex with you and it went well and then the guy ruined it he wanted to go out and then said that like he felt like he liked me and I was like but that isn't what what this is like when I say that it was very much I would get a text or I would send a text so like I could be in the library for instance and he would text me I'll be home in 10 minutes I'm like I'll be there in 10 minutes like it was it was very much that I'd literally go there we'd have sex I'd get up I'd leave just out of curiosity, do you talk about sex a lot because you do talk about sex on your podcast? Predominantly. Does that annoy you? Nah. And it's funny because when you reached out to me, I was mad confused. Because I was like, so we're talking about me or? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I'll go with it. Yeah. Truth of the matter is I actually almost want this to be like a time capsule of your life. Yeah. So then to, to kind of, Go back to like um your casual sexual relationship and how no. you trash. <laughs> <laughs> but more um how I was discovering me as a person, I was starting to be a lot more vocal about what I liked and what I didn't like, what I wanted to take part in and what I didn't want to take part in. But still having moments of feeling very shy and lacking a lot of confidence. Are you in that space now? What, where I'm... Not confident. Um, I have my moments. We will do. Yeah. I think people think I'm a lot more confident than I actually am. Speaking of your confidence, I know a particular story which, in truth, one of the hardest breakup stories that I've actually heard. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was in a very long-term relationship. The plan was to get married and have kids and I know that some people will think oh yeah but that's everyone's plan my my partner at the time had told me to go to venues so we had looked at venues we looked at rings the week before we'd gone on holiday he'd gone to open us up mortgage account because we we're going to buy a house and then we went on holiday Two weeks after the holiday, he sent me a text saying that he didn't want to do this anymore. And then we never spoke again. It was an, an awful breakup. Um, I, was, I was out of it for a very long time. I was not myself. I went to therapy because I, I just couldn't function. And like, I don't know how to put it, but literally one day I just kind of snapped out of it. And I was just like, Georgette, life goes on. That breakup taught me everybody has a choice. You could think you're in the best relationship, 
But if that person doesn't feel like that, they have a choice to say, I don't want to do this anymore. And that's their right. That's their choice. Sometimes we take ownership of of the person that we're with. So it's like, if I'm happy, you must be happy as well. Like this, this must always be even. Mm. But that isn't always the case. That's had a massive impact on the woman that I am today because I do what I want and I'm stronger than I ever thought. At this stage, what was it that you wanted to be? Working as a social worker. I did that for, for four years and I was just like, you know what? I like this type of work. I enjoy the kids that I work with. And in my mind, I was just like, this is what I'm going to do. And then literally one day I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. The turmoil that I had because I was like, I do not want to let these kids down because for a lot of them, I was all they had. And it felt awful. But I was also like, there's nothing wrong with being selfish. I really had to think about what Georgette needs. What does Georgette want? Don't think about helping other people and benefiting other people and being everybody else's ear. Like, listen to yourself. So I quit my job. And I went traveling for six months. Where'd you go? I did India, Thailand, Malaysia, Australia, New Zealand, Fiji, and then different areas of the States. They say when you go traveling, you find yourself bit by bit. Did you find yourself? I was already found. I think I refined myself. Like it takes a lot to go off and travel by yourself and just spend a lot of time by yourself. Like as much as I met people, like I was very much like it was just me. So when you came back, mm. what was the play? What's the plan? I came back and I was just like, I want to work in a digital space. I want to work in media and I want to work with anything to do with social media. And I did. Yeah. You know what? I'm actually very proud of myself because I've done so much. There is still so much that I want to do, but I'm at a point where I am so, this is Georgette. What is it you do do? I work in advertising. I work in influencer marketing. All of the ads that you see on, on Instagram. That's me. Yes, yeah, so that's what I, I do now. That's interesting that you failed to also mention your podcast in this. Because I thought we were talking work The person, yeah. yeah. But you're My podcast. Thing. Okay, yeah. And I'm curious to know whether your podcast aligns with what it is you want to do moving forward. Yes. And then I also have a podcast which I'm very passionate about. It's a sex positive podcast and it just talks about the realness of, of sex and sexuality. What does that mean? Not being shy to talk about what you have experienced. It's the conversations that you probably wish that you had or the conversation that you'd have with your 15 year old self and be like, self, it's not a good idea. Do you ever get pushback for the podcast you do within our community specifically and what are the things we should be talking about that we often don't really talk about relating to sex within our community i've had people email in if there is something that they didn't agree with that was said on an episode either by myself or by a guest which i always welcome and then in terms of like what needs to be spoken more Sexual health within our community is a definite. LGBTQ plus in our community, 
a definite although I've, I've had some conversations but there's so there's so much to have trauma sexual abuse in our community by those closest to us needs to be talked about the differences that men and women go through when it comes to sex as a woman I can only speak from a woman's point of view but I don't want to exclude men and have women think that men have just had an easy ride and have just been able to do what they want because I feel like a lot of women do tend to feel that when it comes to sex and to ownership of their bodies they haven't had that and that isn't to say that that's false but I'm not naive to think that men have just coasted through and they're just great and they just have their dick out and they do whatever the hell they want I know of men that have been through some stuff that needs to be spoken about I think people might be slightly, they'll be interested to hear this side of it because I think a lot of people probably would have come to this podcast expecting us to talk about sex. Yeah. And, you know, these sort of spaces that you find yourself in, these parties, etc. But what is it that you want to do? I don't know. The reason that I say that I don't know is because I've changed so many times that I, I can't say this is it now. You are doing amazing things for our community your podcast is definitely valuable and of use so thank you how are you feeling are you okay i I feel like i've shared a lot of my life too much no the reason that i i say that it's not too much because i believe there was a reason that i said everything that i said and that reason might not have necessarily been for myself so I would have hated to have held back on something that somebody that someone else needed to hear. So I don't think I've shared too much. I think I've shared the right amount for whatever my purpose was coming here today. Is there a particular story that you would tell your younger self? Yeah. Can you start it with Dear Georgette? (laughs) Oh my god. Dear Georgette, you're going to come across a few chapters that literally don't make any sense. You have to keep reading. So how and where can my listeners find you? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at just underscore Georgette. They can also find the podcast just the tip podcast on all streaming platforms and on twitter and instagram at just the tip pod georgette thank you very much it's been a pleasure guys until next time peace today's episode was produced by ade bambala sound designed by chris arise and if you'd like to be featured on stories that stick then please do get in touch.